Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. And as promised, we're going to talk to some of these military conservatives that have even though taken off the uniform, they still understand that they have an oath to support and defend the Constitution. And the first guest we're going to have tonight is United States Navy Captain Bill Irwin, who is a native of St. Louis, Missouri, or Missouri, whichever one, and attended the University of Missouri, earning his bachelor's degree in business administration 1979, followed by a master's degree in national security and strategic studies from the Naval War College in 2009, enlisting in the United States Navy in 1983, the same year I came on active duty as a hull maintenance technician. Captain Irwin served aboard the USS Inchon prior to volunteering for Naval Special Warfare SEAL training and attending basic underwater demolition SEAL training, graduating with Class 141. Captain Irwin served as SEAL Team 5 at SEAL Team 5 until December of 1989 when he affiliated with the Naval Reserves. And right now, Captain Irwin is married to the former Barbara Ellen Capps, has a son. Brian is a Bible-believing Christian, which is so important. Christian constitutional conservatives are what we're looking for. And he is a candidate for Missouri's 4th Congressional District. Captain Irwin, thanks for joining us. Anchors away, sir. Hey, Colonel, thank you so much for having me on board. And not to poke anything, but that Army-Navy War College or Army-Navy game last November. Oh, here we go. Oh, you know we had to go there. I'm not going there. I'm going, what a fantastic time to have those men and women on the field together, the best America has to offer going after it. Well, and and that's why they call it America's game. And I'm so glad that they have put that on a Saturday when all other college football games are over so that everyone can see those young men that are out there on that field. They are contesting a football game for, you know, some 60 minutes, you know, two hours, two hours and a half. But at the end, they stand together as they sing the respective service songs. And, of course, that's the only time when you want to sing last because that means you won the game. And you guys got us in this last iteration of the game because you shut us down in the second half. And no matter who wins, America, uh, you know, wins overall by producing these incredible young men and women. They do. And, you know, we have to stand behind our military our military, they need to be ready to go fight and win America's wars. The leadership we've had lately, I am so disappointed. To teach them things that are not essential for winning wars that are going to save their lives, we need to fire some admirals and some generals that are woke-type men and women Mm -hmm. 
they got to be war fighters. Let's talk about that because one of the things that I see happening is that we do have these senior military leaders and we also have this civilian leadership. And it hurts my heart when I look at the current Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, who was a a colonel, a, a brigade commander at Fort Bragg when I was stationed there, and I looked up to the guy. His call sign was Panther 6, and he was the ultimate badass. But now I look at the fact that he's forgotten his oath to the Constitution and what it means to have a prepared military. So when you think about our current state of readiness, what do you see are, are some of the things that we need to have you and many others, uh, military conservatives running for Congress, do upon arrival in Washington, D.C.? We need to let the war fighters that want to fight American wars and train our soldiers and sailors and Marine and Coast Guard men and airmen that want to fight and win America's wars, we need to turn them loose and let them do that. And we weed out those that do not want to fight those fights It's terrible that so many of our military personnel are getting into politics when they need to be warfighters. There's a politician I'm running against that it's amazing to see the flip-flopping when they were talking about the past president, President Trump, how Bratton would just come down and say, I don't support Trump at all. And he called him an egomaniac and he should never have his finger on the new trigger. But now he's like, oh, yeah, what a great president. Oh, yeah. It's like that's the kind of thing that we can't see in our military and our military leaders. They need to be firm, on point, and we need to back them in this training procedure. You know, one of the the things that I'd like to get your thoughts and perspectives on is this whole vaccine mandate for the military that came down. And of course we know that this announcement was made during the debacle in Afghanistan where we saw, you know, I think that that would be the greatest strategic operational tactical blunder that we have ever seen in the history of the United States of America. And how could it be that we had senior level leaders that went along with that and, you know, did not put their stars, if you're active duty, did not put their stars on the table and walk away. But what are some of the things that you think or, you know, members of the military that are serving in Congress could have done to to bring out the failure of that policy in Afghanistan? And, of course, to stand up and protect our men and women in uniform right now who are being put out and their religious exemptions are not being honored. Two threads I got to pull on that, sir. Uh, First is Scotty Miller is such an honorable man. He was over there and he was he sent the note that, no, we need to not give up Bagram Airfield. That's Mm -hmm. and, you know, quite frankly, that was a knife right in the uh, throat of the Chinese. And the State Department said a note saying, no, don't send the military out till we get all the civilians out. But the egomaniacs that is our current president, he betrayed his oath and killed 13 Americans in that debacle. It's just unacceptable the way he pulled rank and got things done. And Scotty Miller, he lost it. They pulled him out and put somebody else in that would Mm -hmm. follow what the president wanted to do. So Scotty's a tremendous man and he got, he got the wrong, wrong come up. And, but uh, the vaccines, that's crazy. We have experience in there, 13, 14, 15-year 
veterans that have fought American wars and now they don't want to get a shot. So they kick them out. That's waste, fraud and abuse, if you ask me. And we're having a hard time getting people in and they're making this mandate. It's like we're a rule of laws or we're, we're a country of laws and a mandate from the guy that did the debacle in Afghanistan. That doesn't cut it in my book for kicking out our military veterans and personnel. That that has to stop. And we can stop that if we get the right people in Congress. Yeah, because what we saw was a, a suit that was filed by several members of your background, the Navy SEAL community, that said, hey, look, you, you know, we should not be forced to do this. Uh, we, we're not a threat to national security. As a matter of fact, we've seen more harm done to members of the military uh, who have taken that shot. So when you think about that and the cultural Marxism that has crept in, and I want to get your thoughts and, and your reaction on that Navy video that they had, some training video about the use of proper pronouns. That is just crazy. I'm, I'm, we talked about it earlier. I'm a Bible believer, and I'm also a science believer. The science says there are boys and girls. God created Adam and Eve, and they getting your feelings hurt over the wrong pronoun is ridiculous. These boys and girls, these men and women who are going to fight for America, need to toughen up a little bit and. Uh, <laughs> Need Bud's hell day, I think. Yeah. Now, when you talk about the power of the purse, which is something that the Congress has, how can you leverage the power of the purse against, you know, this, this, you know, the cultural Marxism, Ibrahim Kendi, and all of these others that have infiltrated into the Department of Defense? So that's something that you'd be willing to advocate for as a member of Congress, and especially if you sit on the Armed Services Committee? Oh, most definitely. These bills that are being voted on, omnibus bills, it's we're strapping our country with debt we're never going to get ahead of. If we have to close down the government, then shut it down. I mean, anytime we shut it down, it seems like they never fail to go back and pay people. They got time off their lost time. But the essential people, they still have to work. So if we have to shut down our money, our, you know, our country for a little bit, Let's send the money back to the taxpayers and our government's too big anyways. We need to shrink the government because we're wasting too much money. Well, you bring up a great point. I mean, we're not shutting down the country is is the federal government, but yet they declare certain people are essential. So if you're essential, then what about the non-essential people? Then why should they be there if you're determining that? And so when I look at these people who are bringing in this cultural Marxism into the United States military, I don't see them as being essential. So why is American taxpayer dollars going towards people that are promoting something that is not essential to the mission of the United States military? You're spot on, sir. I cannot argue with your point. Yeah. So, well, thank you. It's not often that a Navy captain and everyone understand that a Navy captain is not the same as an Army captain. I should be calling him, sir, because a Navy captain is an 06 a full bird colonel, eagle on his uh, on his lapels. I was just a light colonel. That's a commander in the Navy. So we want to make sure we get that right. He has uh, rank and he has data rank and he has, you know, everything on, on me. So I will refer to you, Captain Irwin, as sir. Now, let, let's flip uh, the script a little bit. 
What made you, what inspired you to run for office? Well, our, our, our politicians are failing us. And I've been in every continent of the world serving our country except for Antarctica. And I have a, a database, a wisdom, a knowledge. I've seen what it looks like. And America is still the greatest country in the world. But you know what? We're going to have to fight for it if we want to keep it that way. Uh, in the Navy, or from my background experience as yours, sir, uh, I am a strategic planner in the United States Naval War College. I know how to put together a good plan. I'm a team builder. They call it SWAT teams, SEAL teams. I was a SWAT cop at Lee Summit, Missouri. Yes. And I can bring together the smartest, best people and get an answer and get a COA, get a course of action. And then both of us are we're decisive executors. We know how to execute a plan. And that's what we're going to have to do if we want to save our country. We got to be planners, team builders, and executors of a plan. Now, when you are out traveling your congressional district there in Missouri, what are the top three issues? What are the top three things that you're hearing from your constituents or your future constituents? Well, first, it's fiscal conservity of our government. The idea that we're spending money on crack pipes for dopers or we're giving cell phones to illegal aliens so we can track them, that's wasting our ta taxpayer dollars. The people in the 4th Congressional District are hardworking, Bible-believing Americans that just want the rules and re regulations lifted a little so they can get ahead. They're not super rich, but they know how to farm and they know how to raise cattle and they want to go after it. And that goes back to uh, energy independence. If we can get, you know, stop this stuff, drill, baby, drill, open the pipeline. It's, it's, you know, it's basic supply and demand. We can fix this tomorrow. Let's get the oil going because the inflation rate and the price of gasoline, it's killing our farmers and our cattle ranchers. It's hurting all Americans. And then finally, the third, secure the border. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You and I would both been to North and South Korea. Yep. They secure the border there. We could do that tomorrow. And you know what? If we use our reservists to secure their border on ATs, their active duty training as mm -hmm. part of their military training in the heat, we could secure that border for next to nothing when we put up that fence. It's too easy. Common Absolutely. sense. <laughs> Where can people follow you and learn more information about your campaign, Captain Irwin? Thank you, sir. Uh, they can find me at irwinforcongress.com. And on that site, they'll find that I have eight strategic principles. I call them overlapping fields of fire mm -hmm. on what we need to do to save our country because they're all important. And, you know, we got to fight for even that unborn child. It's yes, so critical. Yes, we do. Well, I want to thank you so very much, Captain Irwin, for being on the Steadfast and Loyal uh, podcast. And you are the epitome of what we talk about, a person that believes in uh, 
service, selfless service and sacrifice and commitment to this great nation. You have done it in the United States Navy as the modern Spartan warrior, a United States Navy SEAL. You have done it in Lee Summit, uh, Missouri, as a uh, SWAT member and a, poli a police officer there. And now you're looking at continuing your service to go to Washington, D.C. So thank you very much, sir, and anchors away. Thank you, Colonel West. Hoo-yah. Hoo-yah, hoo-ah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Again, if you like this podcast, please share it with others and hit that like button because the whole purpose here is to better inform, better educate, and better activate you. And deep appreciation to Captain Bill Irwin, United States Navy SEAL, running for Congress in Missouri's Congressional District Number 4. Good luck to you. Anchors away. Hoo-yah, sir. All the way and then some. Before they burn it down